Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. In the world of masonry, you can work with stone or brick. Yet stone masonry consists of many types. For example, dry stone masonry uses just the shape of the stones and their compression and friction for stability, while Cyclopean masonry uses massive boulders. We read in the book of 1 Kings, And the king commanded, and they brought great stones, costly stones, and huge stones, to lay the foundation of the house. The stone cutter is sitting in his wooden lean-to on a suburban building site. He is in some ways more a fitting symbol of the spiritual link between past and present in the Holy Land than any priest or rabbi. Squinting beneath the bushy white eyebrows to avoid the smoke from the ever-present cigarette hanging from the corner of his mouth, he works slowly, using a hammer and a thick iron chisel to shape the stone. Asked how many stones he has cut in all his years, he laughs and shakes his head. Millions. Stones have been a part of the human chain that reaches back centuries. There were the people of Jericho who built a stone wall, but God brought their wall down with a trumpet's blast, using Joshua. David slew Goliath with a stone just a few miles southwest of Jerusalem in the valley of Elah. And Jesus saved the adulteress by advising those who would have her executed. He who is without sin among you, cast him the first stone. The importance of a stone as a building material is evident every turn in Jerusalem, giving this place a sense of timelessness. And the ancient merits of stone, strength, beauty, and insulation, they've always been valued. Judaism's sacred western wall is built of giant Herodian stones, still standing from the second temple which was destroyed in A.D. 70. And the Christian Church of the Holy Sepulchre is said to stand over the stone outcropping called Calvary, where Jesus was crucified. The hills around Jerusalem have been stripped of trees. The Ottoman Turks took care of the meager supply of trees that existed when they nutted the hills to build and run a steam railway from Constantinople to Mecca. The British codified stone special place in Jerusalem, when they became the rulers of Palestine after World War I. A municipal ordinance from that period required that exterior walls of all new buildings to be faced with stone. The stone architecture survived the departure of the British and coming of the new state of Israel in 1948. But the once highly esteemed craft of stone dressing and building began to decline. The stone cutters were becoming a disappearing breed. Recently, however, the stone building has come back into fashion with a modern twist. The stone for building in Jerusalem today is quarried around Hebron on the occupied West Bank. The burial cave of the patriarchs is in the West Bank of Hebron. It's where Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebekah, and Leah were buried. According to Jewish tradition, it's also the entrance to the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were buried. Caleb and Joshua were two of the twelve spies that Moses sent out to scout out the promised land that God had given to the descendants of Abraham. They returned and advised the Hebrews to proceed immediately to take the land, but the other ten advised against it. So for the next forty years, the ancient Hebrews wandered in the desert till that generation died off, except Caleb and Joshua, of course. For his faith, Caleb was rewarded with a promise that he and his descendants should possess the hill country of Hebron, where the giants lived. Stone is considerably more costly today than alternative building materials, 
And this is one reason that new structures have only a facing of stone, a facade. In effect, an age-old situation has been reversed. It is now the building which supports the stone. The new masonry process ends with the edges of the stone being chipped away to leave a raised center on a thin sheet of stone, much lighter and less durable, like men who have puffed-up chests but devoid of heart and soul. And the stone is cemented onto the outside wall of a building, only appearing like natural unworked stone, yet possessing no depth nor truth. Some worry that the future of the true stone building is uncertain, because the stone today is a mere tapestry, inessential, and it may disappear at a whim because of fashion, legislature, or just gradual disinterest. None of the stonecutter's sons will replace him when he retires. Stone masonry requires strength and hard work. C.S. Lewis reminds us, Indeed, the safest route to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. It was the prophet Samuel who raised his signpost, a simple stacking of stones, to mark the place where God showed up and won a victory through them. His stones for help, called the Ebenezer Stones, marked where Israel defeated the Philistines at Mizpah, just north of Jerusalem. Many would say that today man does not need the help from God. Walking along the hiking paths in our national parks, people are asked not to raise their Ebenezers in an effort to mark the location. They need help finding direction, because they may offend those who once inhabited the land. In Ecclesiastes we read, Man enters the world with closed hands, as if to say, the world is mine. The Psalms tell us, but unless the Lord builds the house, he who builds it labors in vain. In the world of brick masonry, where bricks are made by hand, rubbing bricks are used to give a building sharp edges and snug fits. These special bricks are carefully fired to produce a uniform red brick without deformities. They're rubbed on a rubbing stone to reduce them to exactly the dimensions required. And each brick is continually gauged until the bricklayer is satisfied that it will fit perfectly. Such is the action of life upon a boy, if he is ever to become a man worth his salt. The great hymn, Come Thou Font, closes with the words, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. And so it is with both boys and men. We need the strength and hard work of the stonecutter, the force of the hammer with the iron chisel upon our lives to mold us into men full of heart and not of empty facade. And we need the things that remind us of the victories that God has won using us because it is exactly there we find true nobility. Essentially, the world wants to take every tree in your life and leave you with nothing but stones. So learn to use them. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hitherto thy help I have come. And I hope by thy good pleasure, safely to arrive at home. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.